What's going on, everyone? And welcome to episode 108 of TXR Podcast, the best place to be on Sundays to kick back and listen to a cool cast of gamers. I am your host, Invader, and I'm certainly ready to kick this show into high gear. Xbox's XO19 event just finished this weekend, and there are a bunch of highlights and takeaways to discuss. We also have joining us tonight, Carl uh, Ledbetter, Partner Director of Design at Microsoft. Carl, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I hope uh, you're not jet lagged. Uh, you probably just flew in a little while ago. Yeah, I just got in yesterday, um, but but I'm feeling great. We um, we had a super exciting XO19 in London, England, and uh, you know, coming back from that, I, I missed the last day. So the last day was Saturday. I flew back yesterday, but um, I'm still kind of riding high on what was just a fantastic event. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, dive into that more in a little bit. And I know the panel just itching to talk about it. Speaking of which, let me introduce you to them right now. Centurion, how you been the past week? I've been doing great, man. Finally getting some content put out. And then I found out as I got here, we got Carl Ledbetter. So, man, great way for me to start off my, the you know, Sunday. Great way to start the week. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I'm happy to have Carl here. Uh, definitely excited. Southie, how's uh, the gaming been? Or maybe not. We need uh, to have like a cricket <laughs> sound on our soundboard. <laughs> Man, where are you? TikTok, TikTok. is paralyzed him. All right. Uh, hey, hey, my bad, my bad. No, no, no. You know, I'm, I'm lost in my thoughts just thinking about everything that happened. Next week. But no, I, I've had an actually all right week. Uh, I've been gaming a lot. I've played a lot about a lot of that uh, Jedi Fallen Order. It, it's it's pretty damn good. So it's, it's, it's caught my attention. But other than that, uh, been all right i'm just waiting to talk to carl and you know pick his brain a little bit and hopefully he stays longer than he he really wants to but uh you know how it goes but yeah <laughs> definitely another, another beautiful night of txr oh, for sure for sure all right uh megatron how's your weekend been bud uh my weekend's been uh busy uh celebrating a birthday i have a three-year-old now instead of a two-year-old and you know the older they get the more demanding they need of uh you know, the time with dad and <laughs> the times. So, but everything's been good. Great weekend. Got a little gaming in and now we have Carl. So I had to uh, have you uh, aboard for today, sir. Yeah. Awesome. What games uh, are you playing? I've been playing the Outer Worlds. Uh, finally made it to level seven. Uh, I know I'm far behind everybody else, but I'm enjoying uh, enjoying it a lot so far. So. Nice. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Jeremy, you keeping warm there over in Montana? Very warm, actually. Very warm. Hey, I've been waiting to play these big games, but I haven't set up my man cave yet, so I'm kind of holding off on it now. But I, I got a chance to play the uh, Risk of Rain 2, and that's an excellent. I can't. It's addictive, so looking forward to playing it. All right, all right, very cool. And uh, Shock Buddy, how's things at your end? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, checked out the, what was it, the West of Dead. It's on the uh, <clears throat> Insider. It's pretty cool. Kind of like Ruiner, if you've ever played that, or like Hotline Miami style, mm -hmm. style game. Yeah, yeah, that game really caught my attention, actually. It looked pretty cool at XO. 
But uh, yeah, uh, just so everyone knows, Tim Dog will uh, not be here with us this evening. He was uh, freezing his nuts off over at a Jets game today, and uh, he will not be joining us. But he'll be back soon enough, don't you worry. All right, let's uh, dive right into things. And you know what? Xbox had a show this weekend. It was the XO19 event over in London. There was all kinds of new stuff announced and uh, games we'd already seen before that had even further reveals, uh, all kinds of uh, new IPs, third-party games and exclusives. It looked like a fantastic event in London, England. And uh, Carl was actually over there, Carl Ledbetter from Microsoft. Carl, uh, why don't you tell us about the event, your experiences there, uh, Please tell us, uh, how, how did you enjoy this event? Yeah, the, the event was pretty phenomenal. So um, I was over there basically representing the hardware. So, so my team, you know, we designed the hardware like the uh, Xbox Wireless Elite Controller Series 2, which we basically unveiled uh, this past year at E3. We also demoed it at Gamescom in Cologne, Germany, and this year... You know, we had it featured at XO19 in London. And so we had uh, some game stations set up where people could basically try out the Elite Series 2 controller. Um, we had a whole display set up, and a couple members from my team were there, Elliot Sue and um, Monique Chatterjee, who Elliot was the lead designer for the Elite Series 2. And Monique, she does all of the limited and special edition controllers and consoles that, that we've seen around. And so I went there to really be a part of demoing that hardware, uh, as well as just to kind of get a sense of what happens at XO, at XO events. Um, if people don't know, last year was the first one that we had. It was held in Mexico City. And this year, we just right. kind of went all in. It, it was pretty big. And so it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Seth. No, I was going to say, a lot of people don't realize, like, the money and the effort that goes into these shows. They think, oh, it's just like whatever. They, they go and put, throw up a couple tents and, you know, they just have, you know, uh, you know, Burning Man or something, you know. But, no, it's a lot of planning, a lot of money, and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that goes into these events, and you know, for us fans. And a lot of people don't realize that aspect of it. They just think, oh, it's not E3. Oh, it's not Gamescom. Oh, it's not, you know, anything. But it's like, no, this is for the fans. This is you know, Xbox telling you, we love you. And yeah. that's the part that gets me frustrated and most people don't understand that. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, you hit it spot on there. We, you know, we do XO um, really for the fans. It's the way we can connect with the fans in different parts of the world. You know, rather than having people, you know, trek to Los Angeles for E3 every year, this gives us a way to, you know, tell stories, uh, show and demo games and really connect with fans. So it's like a fan fest event. I mean, we have fan fest there, but then we also allow people to just come in and, you know, hang out with us and, and talk about uh, the new things that are happening in the gaming community with, with Xbox, um, try some of the new games and the new hardware and, and really, um, you know, learn more about what's happening in Xbox. And so this year it was pretty cool because, you know, as you mentioned, we announced a lot of new games. We had the Elite Controller there. We had xCloud demonstrated. We announced, you know, now we're going to have 50 titles on xCloud. We, um, we also did something really special this year, which was Elliot. Um, we partnered with 
Maharishi, which is kind of a fashion brand, uh, but they have a, a special part of Maharishi called DPM Studio. And DPM Studio, they have been going deep in special and unique camouflage pattern designs for a number of years. And so they've always been kind of our, you know, we've been fanboys of DPM Studio for a long time. So in this opportunity to partner with them, because they're based in London, um, came up, we just jumped at the chance. And so we work with them to design a unique and super limited edition controller that was everything XO19. So we, I think we made about a thousand of them. And then we how, made how fast, did, how fast did they sell out? <laughs> oh man, it was ridiculous. They sold out so fast. I mean, I didn't even get one, but they <laughs> sold out every morning of the show. They had some amount available for people to buy. Right. I believe they're online as well. And um, so they were kind of a hot commodity, but it was kind of cool because we actually made them available and for sale at the event. Now, Carl, I know you're proud to have the Elite 2 there. And, you know, it, it, was, it was probably a big moment for you guys and your team. Um, now that it's finally launched the public, how does it feel? And talk about some of your experiences. Um, you know, what are some of your fondest memories of some of the hardware you've launched in, in, the, in the past? Oh, man, that's hard to say because I actually I've been at Microsoft for 25 years and <laughs> a long time. And I, I actually, you know, when I joined Microsoft, I joined to design, you know, mice and keyboards. And eventually, hey, Carl, got, tell, tell the fun fact of what you actually created for the mice the pe that most people don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so when I joined um, the, the challenge, the first project I had was, OK, um, go design this mouse, work with the office team and figure out what we can do that's innovative. And so when I was walking, working with the office team, the biggest challenge they had at the time were people you know, working on spreadsheets and long documents and stuff. And so they had to navigate over to the corner of their, their desktop to use these scroll bars. And so it was like navigating to navigate. <laughs> and so we started looking at different ways to, to do that and eventually came up with this idea of putting a wheel on the mouse. So that was the first mouse I designed there had a wheel on it. So that was the first wheel mouse. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. So then, so my wife always, you know, teases like, yeah, he, he invented the wheel. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, because that, that is amazing because millions and millions of people use that every day. Yeah, it's still around. Still have wheel mice. You, you know, but I heard stories of you, you know, obviously waiting in line with the fans to get to get Right. Back. Yep. Yeah, All and... true. So, um, you know, then, then I worked on uh, Sidewinder Gaming Input, and that's really where I started getting excited about working on gaming devices. And when the first Xbox started, you know, I was, I was involved with that team. You know, we worked on uh, the Duke controller, which was really humongous. But, uh, <laughs> then, yeah, we followed that up right away with uh, the code name for it was the Octibono, um, what we call the controller S. And I also worked on the 360 um, with that team. And then I took on full accountability for all Xbox hardware with, oh, the, nice. with the Xbox 360 Elite. But... Whoever said that, it's true. Like, I spent the night in line for a 360 console when that came available. And, um, yeah, I, and, I, I, and I, I just read, a, uh, I just read a, a, a report or whatever, a, a page, that you were 29th in line for the Xbox One launch. That's true. 
Xbox oh, wow. One launch. I, I was there in line for that. And it was awesome because, you know, you, you talk to people. These are people who, who really care about Xbox. You know, they've been saving their, their pennies and dollars all year long just waiting for this moment and getting to spend time with them and you know, yeah. hearing about what, what they're excited about is just super cool. And mm -hmm. I'm all about that because, you know, I, I love designing great products, but more importantly, I love it when the product we make, it, it just delivers something that brings smiles to people's faces. And so, so, Carl, when you go into a, a project, what's the most dif difficult thing, uh, you know, to accomplish? Obviously, you want to create those meaningful breakthroughs. Those are yours words, actually, those, the meaningful breakthrough. But what's the most difficult about creating new products? Well, I, th I think there's, you know, there's, there's things that we want to do. Like, well, it'd be great to be able to have a product that can deliver you know, something incredible. But, but then when you look at, you know, what is it that's so awesome about Xbox? It's about delivering something that's affordable for people and, um, you know, something that is accessible. And so we have to start to balance out, you know, what is it that we can, you know, put to deliver best quality performance and experience in a console that's still affordable. Cause you know, otherwise you could just jam this thing full of all kinds of stuff. And next thing you know, you're in like PC territory. So, right. But you talked about, you know, the wheel and the mouse. Are you always looking for those kind of breakthroughs in, in your products? Oh, absolutely. And that's where thing that's where things like the elite controller comes from the Xbox adaptive controller. Um, even the Kinect sensor, um, all those things happened when we just get out there and talk to gamers. Like we, the Xbox adaptive controller was actually born out of the elite controller. People, people may not realize that. But really? Yeah, yeah, really? Yeah. When we were going out and talking to elite gamers, we ran into a couple people who had, you know, they didn't have full use of both hands. And they were just like, you know, thank you for making this controller because now I'm able to program it in a way where I can play games. And it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then, you know, we had a couple of people at work who were really interested in doing something that's more accessible for gamers. And then one thing led to another and a hackathon and like, making this kind of stuff and support from the company. And next thing you know, we got the adaptive controller. So those, those moments absolutely happen with the stuff we design. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, with the controller, obviously the Elite 2 just came out. There's been a lot of positive reaction to it. Um, obviously, there's features that probably don't like they probably don't all make it in that you write down. Were there any left out features that you can talk about for the Elite 2? Um, wow, that's that's a great question. We you know, when we did the Elite Series 1, um, we we didn't know if there was much more we could do to it. But then when we went out and talked to the Elite gamers, you know, we started to hear feedback. You know, there were some quality things you know, like rubber grips and bumpers and triggers and these kinds of things that we just like, okay, we got to sharpen our pencils here, folks. we got to make something, you know, higher quality, especially with an Elite controller. And so we, you know, we took that down. We started getting, getting feedback about the, the hair trigger, like, hey, it's pretty good, but, you know, hair trigger should be even more like shorter throw. Shorter, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so mark that down. And then we started, we, we were watching almost every person who had an elite controller, they would store it 
you know, keep it in the case. You know, the case is set up in there wherever they game. And then when they're done, they put it back in that case. We're like, wow, you know, it'd be cool to have built-in batteries. And maybe if we have a charging dock, we can just put that dock in the case and people can choose, you know, hey, throw it in the case, it charges. And so next thing you know, our list started to get longer and longer. And man, where where we thought there wasn't a whole lot more we could do to the original Elite controller, turns out there's a lot of things we could do. And we tried to do everything possible. And in fact, I, to the top of my mind, I can't think of anything we weren't able to do. So we were, you know, we were really happy with the amount of improvements we were able to make from quality down to building Bluetooth and USB-C and the, the tension on the thumbsticks. I was, you know, a lot of gamers were like, hey, man, can you make these things a little more, you know, tighter? Because when I'm sniping with that super tall thumbstick, can... I want to have better control. And there were people who were still like in love with the 360 controller and the tension that those thumbsticks had. So we brought yep. that and put that in there. So the engineers just, they went to town and, you know, Elliot and the design team, they, they you know, extra rubber grips around the top. Um, there was so much going on, adding more profiles and a default mode. You could turn off profiles and it goes back to standard default controller mode. Yeah, you know, that's amazing because like you, when I got my lead, I, I didn't think that it could be improved. I mean, I, I thought, okay, yeah, I, I'd like this. Prefer what you mentioned, the bumpers were a little bit too high. Yeah. It seemed like it, it took a little bit long for my, my you know, because I got short fingers. So it took a little, a little bit of time for my, you know, my finger to position from trigger to bumper. But other than that, I was like, there's nothing that can improve on this. This is amazing. This is the best thing ever. Now, so, yeah, so that that's surprising. Is the shift feature exclusive to the uh, Elite Two, or is it also on the Elite One? Because the shift the shift feature I never heard of until David Preen talked about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I gotta admit I've been using my Elite Series Two for so long now. I didn't start using the shift feature until Elite Series Two. I haven't I haven't tried if it's on Elite One or not. So that's a that's a I'm, good question. Because I thought that was amazing about how you're at this point you're not mapping buttons, you're mapping actual. Uh, features of the Xbox to a button. That's right. Yeah, and you can do so much with it. It's with the additional profiles too. It's it's kind of endless, really. All right. Now All right. The, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. Go ahead, Chuck. Uh, I was going to say since you probably can't mention anything about Scarlet, um, in any of the past, like maybe the past Xboxes when you're like designing them and you hear like if you do hear it all like with say sony's like playstation you guys ever like go certain directions you know based off some of the information you hear of like oh that sounds cool or hey that sounds yeah. cool let's do our different take on this they kind of have a good idea or or yeah. vice versa <laughs> well i would say you know that's an excellent question um you know we for sure uh, stay tapped into what Sony's doing, what Nintendo's doing, you know, what what uh, gaming PCs are doing, and and all that kind of stuff, just to be aware. But we definitely try to have our own uh, spin on what Xbox is about. And you know, our our journey is really simple. The original Xbox, that thing was a beast. It was huge. You know, kind of when you looked at it, it had the big X across the top, mm -hmm. the green circle. Well, all those that big silver one that we everybody saw that no one got. That's right, the silver one. That was when we announced that um, at uh, 
Oh man, what was it? Not X Fest. Anyway, I can't remember. But but we showed that thing. There was only two ever made, and that was a functioning console. But we didn't want to give away the ID yet. But then when we did the actual design for the OG Xbox, it kind of was all about the brand. It had the big X on it because we were new. You know, we were new to the space. Microsoft's coming with the gaming solution. So we really tried to build our brand with that big X and the green. Um, but we also learned from it that most people, when they got that console, um, they were sharing it in a home with, you know, somebody else. And a lot of times, whoever that other person was, was like, hey, I don't, I don't know if I want that in my living room. You know, go go put that in the den or downstairs or something. And so we responded with the Xbox 360 to create something that was a little more elegant, that they could fit in more spaces and just kind of was very expressive to what gaming could be for more people. And then, of course, with the Xbox One, uh, at the time, you know, we were all about trying to do more than just gaming. And uh, so it was designed to really try to feel like more of an entertainment system. And since then, you know, we've gone all in on how do we make these things just feel like a super premium, precise, and robust way to deliver gameplay. So with the S and the X, those designs really are trying to express that. And oh. so, yeah, so that's, um, you know, we're very conscious in everything we do with the console designs. And um, while we look and see what everybody else is doing, we kind of have our own take on where we're trying to evolve the hardware. Oh, wow. Now, hey, Carl, I got a quick question. Um, yeah. When the, the, the Xbox One came out, you know, obviously it was big, a lot yeah. bigger than the PS4. Like, what was your feedback when people were saying, I'm not putting that, you know, you can't fit it next to my TV or, you know, it's just way too big. Was that kind of disheartening? Because you originally, they, they wanted... Uh, Microsoft wanted that to replace the cable box, correct? That's correct. Yeah, we had, you know, we built in HDMI in. It was the idea that you could just, you know, plug in one cable and then you could run everything through your Xbox, you know, whether it's your, you know, your cable TV or all of your, you know, movie and entertainment apps and music as well as gameplay. And so it was, it was designed to do that. We had all new performance and, you know, to be super transparent, um, you guys may or may not remember this, but with the 360, we had that red ring. Oh, everybody remembers that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got a story about the red ring. Remember I spent the night in line to get my 360? Well, I got, I got one. I was number 12. I got that console, and I stored it in the trunk of my car until Christmas because it was going to be a present for my family. And sure enough, Christmas morning, we opened that thing up, I plugged it in, and I had a red ring. So oh, no way. The, 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 yeah, the paste was, melted. It got so hot in the truck, <laughs> the, paste, the paste melted. Oh, my God. Yeah, so here it is. You know, the, the guy from Microsoft working on this stuff, and I got a red ring console. And so then it became a lesson. Like, okay, I'm going to live this. You know, I put in my requests, and it took over a week to get it replaced. It showed up, but by then all the momentum from Christmas was gone. The Christmas vacation was over. You know, it was it was super rough, and um, so that was that was a, a tough thing to go through. And with the Xbox One, yeah, it was disheartening. We we had big ideas, and we're trying to you know to do a lot for people. And what we learned in this was, you know, what people care about the most is playing games. That's what they want to do is play games. So we got to really focus on delivering the best way 
to play games, not only in hardware, but in the content. Like we've been buying game studios, we've been really doing mm-hmm. more, offering more games, and then services like Game Pass. And with the things we're looking at with xCloud, you know, these are all really, really focused on how do we get gamers to the to the place and the content that they wanna they wanna be at. So yeah, it's a journey. You know, I, I, I love I love that you mentioned that because you know, as you know, I've been around Xbox for a while. Yeah. And I remember, you know, the original Xbox One release and and just the vibe from you know from from you guys. It was it was kind of lackluster. It was like you guys you guys didn't feel it. You know what I mean? And and it really wasn't until like Phil took over, you guys it was like a pep in your step. It was some changed. Yeah. So I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, you know, that asshole that I, I care. I wouldn't mention his name. But <laughs> it just seemed like when Phil took over, Dang. It, when Phil took over, you guys just, like, it, everybody was happier and, and upbeat and and focused. You knew what the, the job ahead was, was gaming, and everything else was, you know, trash to the side. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, Phil's been just fantastic, you know, kind of running the show. And he has really brought the teams together focused on one thing and that's delivering games right and i think uh you guys that you know when the xbox one launched you guys didn't have an identity and now you do uh going back to what you said you know talking about games and uh, bringing those kind of experiences to the consumer yeah um go ahead well i was gonna say you know with xbox one you know Certainly, we had some missteps, and um, you know, we, we learned a lot from that. But at the same time, uh, Xbox One, the controller that we designed for that, uh, that really kind of brought the controller forward. So we you know brought in things like the you know the rumble triggers, and we improved the D pad, and we you know put new details on the thumbsticks, and, and sort of really evolve what the controller is as that main connection to gameplay. And so those, you know, for sure, uh, Xbox One was a, a critical component in even getting us to the Elite controller. When we were researching the Xbox 360 controller and going out and talking to gamers so that we could identify what we wanted to do on the Xbox One controller, that's where we saw people, you know, modding. That's where we learned about, hey, these people are buying these aftermarket parts to extend the length of the, their, their thumbsticks, to um, do different types of combos and and you know shortcuts to keys, and while we couldn't do all that on the in the box Xbox One controller, we learned from that to do the Elite. Yeah. If I can uh, ask a question, um, now this isn't a negative. I understand what you do is extremely difficult already, but if what would you say has probably been one of the most difficult designs you've ever had to do when dealing with the Xbox brand? Like, was there just one thing that you guys were just working like night and day trying to figure out how to get it to work? Ooh. Yeah. There, there's been a couple things. Um, well, I'm, I'm always a believer in, in choice and ensuring like with the Xbox 360, that console could either lay down or stand up vertically. And the reason why we aspire to do that, and you know, Xbox One S and X both do that. Now they require a foot to do that. But the reason why we do that is some people really want to have their console out. 
it's it's important to them. It's an icon in their living room. It stands for what they're about, which is playing games. Absolutely. And they just want to, you know, put it under the shell, put it in the, the rack or something and, you know, make it go away. And so making sure that our design can, you know, go in as many places as possible, it, it takes some extra work to do that. That's just something we aspire to do. And then as far as a, a super challenging product to design, believe it or not, were the Kinect sensors. Oh, I know. Yeah, the reason why they were challenging is um, while they look like just a simple bar, they have you know depth sensors, RGB cameras, array microphones. They have, they require power from the console. Um, there's a light on them that indicates you know when it's on and working. Um, there's so much technology that went in the Kinect sensor uh, to make it really sort of blend in next to a television. That was a challenge. You know, the height of it, the width of it, flexibility of aiming it. That was a tough one. And it All wasn't right. light. It was it was a heavy piece of yeah, uh, how big it was as I walked in front of the camera. I think it showed you yeah. <laughs> yeah. showing you like your your weight or whatever, yeah. like your avatar, it would adjust your avatar. And uh, I didn't appreciate that part, but I did yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. You know, mirror, mirror over the wall. <laughs> a lot of stories on that. And you know what? Every elite controller that I visited, they all had their connect sensor out. I say, mm -hmm. hey, that's interesting. You know, what you know, what do you use that for? I'm I'm guessing it, you know, is it for gameplay or what? And and almost all of them talked about the voice control. So they're saying, no, I, you know, Xbox on and all these kinds of things were what they were using it for. And is, that was kind of cool. Is that why you lean towards uh, making Alexa devices and Google Assistant devices actually being able to use some of that voice capability? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because um, what we found was that the, well, first of all, the Kinect sensor is expensive. And, um, you know, not everybody could afford to have that out of the box. Um, but for sure, if you weren't using it to play, you know, motion-based games and things like this, a lot of people like it for the voice. So, you know, the team really worked hard to make it uh, compatible with things like Alexa and Google and these things. You there, Invader? Hello? Nope. Yes. Oh, I was, normally you're the one that keeps the show going. Yeah, no, of course. Um, so I was wondering, uh, Carl, obviously you guys now have a bunch of internal studios, much more than you did before, about 15, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, are there, do the internal studios have any feedback on the hardware, like the Elite 2, or even the upcoming, if you can uh, talk about the upcoming Project Scarlet? Yeah, well, I can't say too much about Project Scarlet other than, it's coming, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it's I mean I can't wait till I can talk about it because there's a lot to talk about there. But uh, for sure, all the studios, um, you know, just over the years we built up a really strong relationship between the studio heads and the creative directors at these studios because they care about the hardware too. So you know whether we're working on a limited edition controller with uh, Rare, you know, Craig and the team at Sea of Thieves, or working with, you know, Bonnie and Kiki and Frank at, at 343 on Halo devices. Um, we, we absolutely keep an open dialogue with them. And then when we're working on new hardware, they get involved. 
like, hey, try this. Give us your feedback. Go check this out. And then, you know, we kind of give them special uh, insight to the, the new things that are coming. And, and we value the feedback. So let's give you a softball one. Maybe you can talk about this. Will the next gen generation Xboxes come standard with a rechargeable controller? That's what I'm. Can you talk about that? Well, these are the kinds of things I wish I could talk about. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. From what, uh, I gather, from what I gather, we've said that uh, you know next year is going to be a big year for Scarlet. So yeah. hopefully we can. Well, yeah. Phil. Phil said, "Yet yeah, next year is all Scarlet." That's right. I tried, Carl. I tried. I know. I appreciate that. <laughs> now. Obviously, you were at EXO, as you were uh, discussing earlier. And, you know, I imagine it, it would, would have been awesome there. There were so many games showing off. Uh, did you have any personal favorites? I did. I did. So I got. I was playing some uh, Fallen Order there. Um, I, I, uh, so believe it or not, I was playing some of the PC games just because I always get a chance to play the console-based games. So the Age, Age of Empires, um, I kind of played a lot of that back in the day. So that's pretty cool. Um, I actually got in line and, and flew Flight Sim 2020. How is that? It's, 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 I mean, it's weird. It's a flight simulator game. But if you have, you know, if you played Forza, uh, you know, Forza Motorsports, mm-hmm. the quality of the graphics and the sense of detail it's like they're taking that same experience and bringing it into the world of flight. And so there's a bunch of modes that, that are there. You know, you can do a, a, like I flew out of Seattle and then was able to just cruise over, you know, the Pacific Northwest. And sure enough, there it is. I could find my own house. And so I did a banking turn over my house and did a screen grab and sent it to my family. Like, check it out. I just flew over our house. It's a big um, turn, huh? Carl, no. <laughs> the property. <laughs> yeah, it was a 360. It took a while to get around his property. Now, is it a living AI world? Meaning, you know, you see people walking on the streets, cars going by. Is it like that detail or no? Uh, I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't really see like that level of detail. But they've taken all of the um, the detail that's out there today that we see in in Bing Maps and, and Google Maps and all these different, uh, you know. Right, realistic, the world we live in, and they brought it in to to the game. So, like, if you want, you say, "I'm going to fly through the Grand Canyon." You can actually go fly through the Grand Canyon, and then the plane that you're in, the graphics of the plane, it looks very real. So, like I said, not everybody likes flight simulators, but for people who do, it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's such a quantum leap from what it used to be, and it. It's well. Yeah. I remember that that uh, flight simulator was like a like an old nerds game. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was it was kind of, it's kind of like a niche title, and you know, but the the guys that were into it had their flight stick and you know their their little fake cockpit. Oh, but yeah. now I'm like, hey, I, I want to play that. You know what I mean? I wouldn't mind you know spending a few hours just floating around L.A. or you know going up to Seattle's, you know, seeing how big your your place is and it. <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, I I think flight simulator is gonna be fun. Yeah, I think what's cool about it is, um, you know, for sure there's the idea of actually simulating flight, so you can, you know, learn how to fly the plane. But but now there's also a sense of adventure where you can fly the plane, but go see parts of the world that 
you, know, you can go fly around Hawaii. You can, you know, go see Mexico. You can go to, you know, Thailand or wherever and fly around and, and see it and experience it. And that's just something that I haven't been able to do before. So obviously from, you know, you knew ahead of time what XO19 was going to be about, what was on the agenda. But from your point of view, what was the biggest news that dropped in your opinion uh, and what Ooh. you, you know, what the sense you got from the fans, uh, what were they happy to see? Well, that's so tough because there were so many games announced like, um, and, and I didn't, I had no insight to a lot of these announcements. Like the, the team at rare, when they announced this ever wild game, that was like, Whoa. Oh, wow. Cause I, I talked to Craig quite, quite a bit. And then to see that they were working on this new ever wild game, that was pretty cool. And then of course the, the new, uh, Seabound soul, uh, version of sea of thieves is pretty cool too. So, so these are things I had no idea were coming. And then, like I said, with um, with XCloud, have you guys had a chance to demo that? Are you signed up for the? Yeah, 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 I am. I, I just yep. need to get one of those clips. Yeah, I just ordered one of those clips, but I'm still not signed up yet. But I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, what do, what do you guys think of XCloud? It's XCloud. amazing, especially yeah, all the new games. I'm blown away. Now, you you actually worked a little bit on that because you helped with the servers, right? I did. Yeah, that's right. So the server because when we were up in Seattle this year, no. you were showing us pictures of the, the server blades that you were installing in New York, if I believe. Well, yeah, they, they install them in a few different locations, but yeah, we take Xbox console motherboards and we package them up in the server blades, and then we fill up racks with server blades, and we fill up data centers with racks of multiple server blades of multiple motherboards. And the next thing you know, you have a room that's, that's powering games for hundreds and hundreds of people. And the quality of the gameplay is just amazing. And so that was, you know, we were set up right next to the X cloud demo at XO 19. And there were people, it was a nonstop line going in and out of that. And they were also giving away those clips you were talking about. Southie. So ah, people, man, I don't know, people are anybody out there listening. Shoot, yeah. yeah, give me one. I, I'll, I'll take a freebie. Um, <laughs> Carl, Carl, I think the next thing you got to create, Carl, is like a merch that you can carry your controller. Oh and called <laughs> fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's a, what, you mean like a man purse? A merch, yeah. yeah a it's merch. a merch. Oh, my God. Only uh, you. <laughs> you get a gamer's fanny pack with like some slots for extra batteries and stuff like that, you know. Um exactly. But if I could ask Carl a question, um, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but we were talking about, you know, big news that came out at XO and in the pre-chat you were talking about, um, you know, Phil Spencer's statement. Um, could I guess just kind of like reiterate that if you want on like exactly what he was saying about what project Scarlet, you know, when he was comparing it to the PS five. Yeah, I think um, I can't remember who the reporter was that talked to Phil uh, about Project Scarlet and Phil basically said, well, "Was it was it Eurogamer? I, I believe it was Eurogamer. I think it was Eurogamer. Okay, yes, yeah, so a Eurogamer." And and Phil basically responded that you know Project Scarlet, we won't be beat on performance and we won't be beat on price. So that get, just gives you a sense of the seriousness of how we're looking at this generation of of Xbox, and um, you know we want it to be just a fantastic gaming experience for for gamers. That's great. 
that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, was, is that, and that's pretty much like the uh, motto you guys are using throughout the entire program. Well, I don't know if it's a motto. Our, you know, our motto is our real objective. Yeah, we our our objective is to, you know, make a a um, just a significant improvement in what people can do with with games. Uh, and you know, we've done that with every generation. You know, whether it's the original Xbox or Xbox, you know, Project Scorpio. Our goal is to just really enable people to play the best games to to the best of their possibility on any device anywhere. And, and um, that's that's where you guys are trying to incorporate, like bringing you know obviously power to the table, but also like you said, performance. Because obviously you want that machine to be able to use the power that it has as optimized as possible. Sure. I mean, we, we want it to be just a great experience. I can't. I wish I could tell you more. But no, you're fine. No, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we won't let you get in trouble. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, we won't tell nobody we swear. <laughs> it's not like this is recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, and then I'd say other, you know, other highlights at EXO was because um, that was the first EXO I've been to was being able to just connect with fans. I mean, you guys know I've met most of you guys at uh, at E3 or other events, and um, so actually connecting with with new fans and and fans I've met before. So there's a there's a guy who came from uh, um, Germany to to go to EXO 19, and I'd seen him at Gamescom, and that was. Uh, it was just so cool. Uh, you're talking about Daniel with the pins. That's right. Yeah. 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 Hey, everybody um, knows Daniel. I, I can't yeah. pronounce his last name, but yeah, nice guy. Yeah, yeah super nice guy, and um, it's just so many, so many cool people. I mean, yeah, part of it is demoing and and letting people try new things with you know on our platform, but the other part of it is just connecting, like you know, talking about the games they love and you know what what's happening and what what you know, give us feedback. You know, what can we do better? How can we improve our products, our services, the games? You know, give it to us straight up. And so so hearing it firsthand like that, it's priceless. It really helps us to do a better job, you know, at Xbox for for gamers. What would say your be your most memorable moment at XO19? Whether it was something that was televised or just happened off the side that really not too many people know about. Wow, most memorable moment. So I think the inside Xbox being broadcast live there, that was pretty cool. It was because that's where you know they did all the interviews right there on stage. All the news was coming straight up. So that was that was just awesome. I mean, man, how cool yeah. is that? They, they did a good job. They had a lot of energy. I think overall the show was was good. You know, I wanted to see a few big names out there, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, other than that, you know, ID at Xbox program uh, said that 21 titles were launching the Game Pass. That's huge. Um, I like the survival game that Obsidian came out yeah. called and Grounded. That was. I think that's going to be a good game. Um, hey, that reminded me a lot of uh, like Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Remember the, the original oh, yeah. one? You, yes. you know, it, it immediately had memories of that. You know, and, and I thought, man, this is actually be pretty cool. But I, I think the biggest news, at least on my end, that people are really surprised that 
the, the Yakuza games were coming to Xbox. Yeah. There was a lot of chatter about that, especially on Twitter, that Yakuza was coming out. Uh, and I think people were, were really happy about that, especially going to Game Pass. The Final Fantasy news got a lot of attention, which was great. And it was good to hear. Um, also, the partnership with um, EA and um, they're bringing Madden. Uh, to, yeah, uh, Madden to right. XCloud. Yeah, to XCloud. That's going to be huge. Yeah, but, but so. you know what? I was waiting for car. I was waiting for like you know Halo. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Fable Infinite, you know, Fable, oh, Fable. Fable Four. That you know, might as well be in the like same cool. category as Project Scarlet. <laughs> We're not allowed to know. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't. I really don't know much about Fable Four. I can tell you this though, my my two daughters, they're Fable fanatics. So eventually, when that ever happens, if it happens, um, they're going to be first in line to play. Oh, definitely. Now, obviously, we're talking about Fable here. You know, everybody has a lot of nostalgia for Fable. Definitely a pillar franchise for Microsoft and Xbox. Is there any interest in bringing back like classic exclusives like that from the original Xbox? Um, well, some, some of the original classics, they have been brought back. Um, I, I don't know. This is where I, because I'm working in the hardware side, I don't mm -hmm. have a lot of insight into all the game strategy, like what things are coming and when, and you know, what, what things aren't. So as far as some of those titles, I don't know. I mean, one of the games I wish from OG Xbox that would come back is this this game called Munch's Odyssey. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I played my fair share of Munch's Odyssey, and I would love to see that on you know Xbox One. But I, I, I've been I, telling Phil for years I want great. Crimson Skies, like especially Crimson uh, Skies, yeah. Crimson Mech Assault. That think, yeah, that Mech Assault gets a lot of chatter. But I think Crimson Skies is out. Uh, back yeah, for backwards yeah, back yeah. Yeah. Now, if I can, because we all saw at XO19 Obsidian coming out saying that um, Grounded was a passion project for them and they are being allowed to work on what they want to work on without having any restrictions of no, you got to make this kind of like, you know, another company that has the kind of like the same formula for most of their exclusives. But um, do you guys get kind of some of that freedom also in the design um, department where you guys can sometimes basically incorporate ideas that you have and have a, like, is it, it like, it's not just like, no, this is what we want. Do they let you guys go out and kind of play around a little bit and get in innovative? Oh, totally. We, um, that's just part of our process. We always, you know, uh, go way beyond, uh, I think what's, what's even feasible um, but that's just what happens. You know, you, you aim for the, for the stars and then you kind of pull yourself back into a place that's, that's achievable and doable in the amount of time we have. So that's, that's part of the designers. Um, that's our charter. We, we're always like pushing and asking questions and challenging and, and, um, you know, if we can get some of the things that we're trying to accomplish into the final, Oh, that's a that's a big win. So, and also, Carl, kind of like how when, when you're talking about those those server blades, yeah, you put the Xbox logo on those instead of the Microsoft logo, correct? I mean, that was that was something you were passionate about to you know make it stand out. Well, the server blades actually do have the Microsoft logo on it, 
But what's different is the um, the server blades that have the Microsoft logo on it that are powering the games through xCloud. They have that white glow, just like on a console. And that was that was sort of an added touch. So think if you if like everyday customers, they're not going to see a server blade. They just won't. But they'll experience it. And when the data center worker goes to that data center to, to manage and take care of all these server blades, when they go in that room that has all the Xbox blades powering games around the world, they see that glowing logo. And that is exactly what you see in your console at home. So it's a, it's a subtle little thing, but, but that's why it's there. That's beautiful. Well, listen, Carl, I know you stayed a lot longer than you have really had uh, anticipated. Yeah. I, I can't thank you enough, my brother. Yeah. Hey, well, this has been fantastic, and I, I appreciate the invitation to you know, hang out with you guys for a little while. And um, Yeah, well, you know, you, you, you're a very fair – I'm all getting all tongue-tied, getting, getting a little emotional. But you're a very good friend to me, and I just I appreciate you coming on short notice, you know, after your long week and jet lag and everything else. So from my heart, I thank you very much for joining us. And uh, please, uh, you know, have have a happy rest of the weekend. Hey, thanks. Thank you. And um, we'll be talking soon. I know it. All right. Have a good night, you guys. Hey, yeah. Thank you. You too, sir. Thanks. Right. Thanks for coming on, Carl. You're welcome. All right. Bye. All right, guys. I was. You just. I was gonna say you just cut out on me. No, not no. Well, Carl left everyone, and uh, that was some really great insight about Exo and a lot of the hardware. And that was really great that he uh, came in. It was a bit of short notice, and uh, we we're very thankful to have Carl on. And... Carl is an awesome dude, man. We might be seeing him in uh, February and March, hopefully soon. Me and. Uh... Uh, Southie there, so we'll see. Yes, sir. Definitely. Well, why don't we keep rolling on this train with uh, XO19, and I'm sure we all have our opinions on it. Obviously, we made some comments with Carl, and what's your guys' takeaway of it? How did you enjoy it? I came out on Saltiest Gaming Podcast, and I told them I'd put the show at like a shameless plug. Yeah, well, no, I'm I'm sticking. No, I just let people know I don't change my story from show to show. I put it out hey, there. Hey, I know, but right, hey, how, how many podcasts are you on right now? I do three a week. Dang, Jesus, man. Hey, listen, when, hey, when <laughs> I started podcasting, you know, a few years ago, I was on, you know, I was on Crossfire, I was on TXR, you know what I mean? I was on RDX, I was on a few, you know, I was on BRAP a little bit, like you name it, I fucking was on it. And it, it gets tiring, and you and you say the same stuff over and over, and just it wears yeah. you out. But anyways, I decided no, I, I, I got. I, I have to enjoy it, man. It's like being able to be in a party chat. You know, I listened to podcasting for years, and I to listen to all you guys joke around and be part of this community and have these connections, especially with like you know executives and Microsoft and everything. I was just like, that's so awesome. I really would like to kind of, you know, throw my hat in the ring and see if I could do it. And here I am sitting here with you amazing gentlemen talking about XO19, which like I said, it was a 7.5 to an 8 for me. I enjoyed the show. Don't get me wrong. I will say I was disappointed I didn't get my Fable 4 or yeah. see what Playground Games was working on, some stuff yeah. like that. 
But also at the same time, I felt like Xbox is trying to cater to every demographic. They're not out there just, you know, like the the small vocal lo, uh, the small vocal minority of, you know, I need mature rated games and all this other stuff. They need to look at it from like you know grounded. I um show we were on yesterday. I had somebody in the chat that was just like, who would be interested in a game like that? I was like, me and my wife. Any game that I could sit down and play with my wife is a winner for me because my wife doesn't game on the level that I do. So anything that she could play is like a home run for me, especially if she's interested in it. And like, that's what I love about Microsoft. They're more willing to take a risk. They're more willing to have a diverse portfolio when it comes to their exclusives and they're not restrictive. Like look at what obsidian said. Oh, we get to work on a game that we want to work on. We're not given some cookie cutter formula of games that it's eventually going to become mediocre. Well, just well, just look, look at, at Bungie when Activision acquired them, or, or you know, and I don't, they didn't quite acquire them, but um, you know, the, the mandates that they had over them, the Overlord. It, it, I mean, they just they didn't have no identity. They they had to break free. So I, it, it's kind of similar idea what you're talking about. So yeah, I agree. I, Obsidian, they're they're very very talented. So it's nice to see them have the financial backing so they could spread their wings and just do whatever they want. I, I think was it's surprised. Funny. Overlord. I just picked that up today. Well, the Grounded was in development before a, a, a Microsoft acquired. Of course. Them, but, um, you know, I think overall it was another missed opportunity by Xbox, just primarily due to the lack of impactful games. I think, but at the same time, uh, Jeremy, I, I don't want to cut Turbo. you off, bro. Come hold on, on. hey, Turbo. come on, hey, hey, I just, I just want to fucking come back on that. Listen, what did you expect? You know what I mean? This is the end of the life of the, the Xbox One. What is Scarlet's that? coming next to, year? What does it have to do with anything? Every single game is going to be compatible with every system. I know, but they're not going to, you know, announce some crazy new games. You know, they want to stay. They want to save for Scarlet. Scarlet's going to have to have all the bells and whistles and every game, well, every you know, very very you I know popular game has to be announced on Scarlet. I don't think it's for Scarlet. It's for the fact that E3 next year, I'm not playing the, oh, just wait till E3 game. No. no. E3 next year is going to be a battle zone. You're going it to is. have PlayStation a, and Xbox yep. on stage throwing lobs at each other. I think it was interesting that we got Rare's new IP here because, to be honest, I really wasn't expecting it. I, I wasn't listening but to wait, the but did, did we? Did we really get it though? I mean, we saw it was a teaser trailer, so we okay. really don't know what it's about. Yeah, I'm not sold on Everwild. Why? Because because I'm not convinced that people at Rare are top-notch developers. I'm telling you right now, after the Sea of Thieves debacle, I mean, literally, it came <laughs> out. It literally came out an incomplete game. I felt like I was getting a beta. It was a game that shouldn't come out at that time. Sixty dollars for for a beta. There, I understand what you mean. Um, I, I agree. Wow. I think they were put in a position where they had to release that game because there was there was some definitely it, it was a dry spell for Xbox games in general, and I, I think Sea of Thieves was at that one time. Of them, I don't think yeah. they else another delay either. And but you know, but they kept supporting the game, Jeremy. You got to give them credit. I think they do do that um, because. Look at where it is now. Yeah, no, look, look where it is now. It's out of sight, out of mind. You, you scroll down, and there are your people still playing it. And, and, yeah, no, you hit down on your friends. You see, like maybe one or two people playing, and that's the truth. 
we'll but play it right go, now. Just going back to Everwild, though, I wanted to know more because I wanted to know what kind of a game it was. It seemed like an open world kind of adventure game, but it, they really didn't like it, show very much. So, so it looks like a cooperative adventure. Was that hold on though? That good enough though, Invader? I mean, damn if you do, damn if you don't, right? First people are saying that. I mean, just sure. speaking, everyone's saying, show us a little something. Well, we show you a little something, right? And then people are complaining. <laughs> Dude, oh my and- god, you know, it wasn't enough. It was is is the airplane, is the robots, like it's just and then they I mean, make the show. Then they I mean, make the argument of, oh, how can you know how can you get hyped for a game you know nothing about? Well then, that yeah. then you might as well just throw Death Stranding in the bushes. Well, that was just something. <laughs> hey, I got the collector's edition right here, and I just don't have I a know, PS4. I'm, but... I'm just saying, it's that whole <laughs> argument of you can't. He's get gonna, he, he, he's gonna spin the disc on his finger. <laughs> I think what Rare, what Rare shown was ambitious at best. Um, I'm not sold on whether or not they can create those type of experiences yet. But oh. but where has their own distinguished, you know, like worlds and you could tell it's a rare dna at the core they don't right. make very realistic photorealistic games they make stuff that look really good but you could tell they're they're cartoonish a little bit i mean if you look at any rare game that came out in the last two years it looks like uh, looks like donkey kong and, and you know what i mean that the jungle it, it, to me it reminds me of, tell the of the same wild maker. it right. does and I was happy that they brought back the characters. You know, Rare Rare hasn't brought back characters in a while. So, you know, some of the animals that were shown, some of the creatures had a lot of, uh, you know, artistic viewpoints in them. And especially the um, the characters themselves, I think they have a lot of personality in them. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like It just... It's interesting that they decide to show off and announce that IP at uh, XO. And I, I was happy that they showed that. Um, what else did they show off? Obviously, we're talking about Grounded. Uh, that was a surprise small announcement. Uh, actually, I thought it was a pretty cool announcement because a lot of people were saying, you know, it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but a survival mm. game. I think ground. I think Grounded's going to be one of the, a great game. Actually, I think it has the, you know, survival aspect, building mechanics. I think it's going to have that niche that uh, is a selling point. Uh, either whether it's going to drop day one on Game Pass. Uh, oh, or, you know it will. Yeah, but it, it's it looks great. I mean, I think Obsidian. Uh, see, Obsidian deserves the benefit of the doubt with. You know some of the some of the content that they push out. The Outer Worlds, obviously, uh, Pillars of Eternity. Outer Worlds is a hit. Yeah, but Pillars oh, dude, of Eternity that was like was number great. one game on PlayStation for October. Uh, was yeah, it was for October. Yeah, and to me, Obsidian deserves that benefit of the doubt. So um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to Grounded. I don't know about you guys, but I know I know some people were disappointed that. Obsidian was creating that type of game, but uh, we'll see. I think it comes out in preview when April or something like that, 2020, yeah, where we get a chance to play it uh, for ourselves. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Well, yeah, it's pretty soon, really. They just announced it, and you know, it's coming, it's definitely coming. Go ahead, Centurion. I was just say, if you don't mind me, uh, I was just, uh, is anybody hyped for the Crossfire X game like I am? Yes, yes. And what about that that title that was in it? Console exclusive. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was like something coming to like all Xbox consoles or something. And I guess yeah, they got it, Remedy it like making a, really a story shooter. for it. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't dude. that crazy. I think that's awesome, man. From playing hey, Control X- and X- Quantum Break, needs Remedy to go and buy Remedy. Yeah, Xbox needs to buy Remedy so 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 fast, but it'll never happen. Well, that's another talking point, guys, because everybody was expecting uh, another studio or two acquisition, and well, that didn't happen. They didn't buy anyone. However, they did make a bit of a talking point afterwards about uh, there was a Eurogamer article, I believe. And- yeah, because because Jeremy said, oh, well, Matt Booty said that we're not going to acquire nothing new. Well, we want to focus on so execution. Matt Booty said one thing and then Phil said and another. Feels- exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, about- so I was happy to hear that. Yeah, supposedly... Yeah. In case anyone doesn't know, uh, what Phil had said was there's interest in possibly going after, if I'm not mistaken, uh, an Asian studio. So that would be, you know, very interesting adding to their portfolio. Any good entrepreneur. Yes, I'm sorry, Centurion, but I think somehow, some way, if they could possibly buy Sega and Sammy, uh, and with the studios they have in place now, can you imagine? the properties that they would own i mean it'd be insane i i was just wanting to say any good entrepreneur isn't gonna go out there and be like yeah we're looking to buy up the entire market but also at the same time i'm pretty sure if one of these developers came up for sale and the price was right i don't think xbox is gonna be like oh we're not buying nobody right now we'll turn you down i'm pretty as long as long as the price is right i you know they definitely left that option out there where, you know, they'll definitely keep their feelers out for somebody that's definitely in a situation where the price was just right to buy them up. But if you look at Sega and they're sitting on a gold mine of content and especially with the developers they have now with at Xbox and the money that they're pouring in, why wouldn't you buy? Why wouldn't you buy Sega? See, I've you heard think, there's a lot do you of think Sega's even for sale over there. Yeah, I, don't yeah. Think, I think they just be happy with, when it comes to Sega. With just you know, if they release games on PlayStation, that situation where they come out on both consoles well, at the same time. Well, I don't well think... how about how about let, let me let me uh throw you a, a curveball. What if they just buy the IPs from Sega and not just the company itself? True, but my thing is I've done because I remember reading this. Is Sega still an Asian company? I believe so. Yeah. Um, so um, due to this whole like fiasco in August of this year, like due to the fiasco with all the trade wars and stuff like that, they redid some things where um, at least in the technology sectors over there in, a- in the Asian countries, they've made it to where American companies just can't go over there and buy these companies up. That, that's There's been in place for years. Of- but they really hammered it home, I guess, in August. They really they they revised a few things. Um, and it basically stated that there's a massive amount of red tape you have to go through just to walk in and buy one yeah. of these companies. They actually it's almost on the scale of impossible. Um, because you have to be I've heard you have to be like established over there and already yeah. have something go. You just can't walk if in. I'm and not buy mistaken, though, no, I think that's more on the technology front than yeah i know it's technology i've always wondered if like software developers (laughs) fall under that category they might they might well i'll I'll tell you guys something because i had a friend that was on the the actually uh you know the team that for 
that buys other companies and you know and he he was one of the teams that helped get uh epic you know the gears from epic and uh i forget we were talking about something was for sale and he goes well, hold on what 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 was that we're we're playing a game and he goes oh man he goes you know what and that's when he started telling me that the red tape like you're talking about is so thick to try to get you know a, an asian team or a japanese team is there it's not so much oh they you know they don't want to sell out. It's a lot. Of, it has a lot to do with their their the culture and their pride. You know what I mean? It, it's so different, and I think that's a lot had a lot to do with um, uh, scale bound. Mm. You well, know, it's, it's weird for me to bring that up. No, yeah, no, yeah, but I, for some reason there is a big cultural difference, and when it comes to you know expectations and all that. It's just night and day. So it, it, it's so much drama, red tape. I can't even fathom exactly what you have to do. But, yeah, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, what was it? Uh, Tango Works, based in Japan, uh, obviously they were working with uh, Bethesda. And Bethesda got their parent company, ZeniMax, to purchase Tango Works. They were the ones that worked on The Evil Within. Yeah. So in some cases... It can happen, yes, but I do understand that there are there is a lot of red tape and so on. It is a pain in the butt, but it can be worked out at the same time. Just a matter of uh, the situation, I suppose. What do you think of the idea of over buying one, creating a studio like the Initiative, and enticing some of these predominant software developers from the the Asian market to actually come over to that new studio? It's possible. Uh, it's just a matter yeah. of, well. Nah, you know what? I mean, just look at Kojima and Konami. How long was the Konami? 30 years? Konami's a whole nother story. I'm just. I, I'm <laughs> mm. No, I know. We, I, know we could, I know. We could talk about it forever. But what I'm saying is it, 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 the loyalty when it comes to their, their teams. And, you know, you don't hear a lot. Like, you hear a lot of turnarounds in, you know, teams in America or Europe. And, and and Canada, but you don't hear a lot of turnaround in Japan. Yeah, but you know that? I, from Sega, you know, the Yuji Naka is gone, who created Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Yu Suzuki is out of Sega. Yeah, you're talking like, about guys that they were making games 30 years ago. Of course right, they're, no, they I mean, moved on. But what I'm saying is those big, big names are gone, so I, I don't know. It's just... I would imagine that if they were to go after a Japanese studio, it'd be a smaller one. I just, I can't imagine. I, I, I just say IPs. <clears throat> Either now, that, or just like studios or game directors that they that they're still kind of friendly with at in some way. But yeah. so well, you mentioned that just creating their own studio and grabbing whoever's available and um, going with that. I mean, yeah, that's what they did with the initiative. You see all the talent they got over there? It's, mm -hmm. it's stupid. It's ridiculous. It was like <clears throat> just a few months ago, it seemed like they're adding somebody new every week, and they're like, oh my God, he was director of uh, Uncharted. Oh my, this guy worked on uh, uh, Laura Qua Croft. You know what I mean? Like all these like games that are beautiful. Yeah, um, I'm so ready to see what gonna spawn, what's going to spawn from that. <clears throat> I'll tell you one thing, though. I I like the studio name and the initiative. It sounds like intimidating, like, you know, a force <laughs> to be reckoned with in the industry. I like it. 
Well, now, they definitely got some swag. If you if you notice, you know, like the little teaser uh, uh, trailer they they released earlier in the year, like they they know, like they they, they got some levels. They don't have no swag unless they create something. We'll see about their first game. I'm so curious what they're right. doing. I am so very curious. Now, it's South a work clone. talking about IPs. <laughs> what IPs would you think would be great to get from Sega? Because I don't want to be that guy, but. You know, I, so, Sonic's a great game. They've made some really good games over the years at Sega, but I'm trying to think of what IPs off top of my head that they would want to get that would be groundbreaking. They have so many. They have, Persona. Uh, you know, obviously. Yakuza. Yeah, they have Sonic the Hedgehog. They have the Shining series. Um, they have. Uh, what? <laughs> what you saying? So, real quick, though, is at, what's the time with Atlas and Sega? Aren't they? Is it is it Atlas that makes Yakuza or is it Sega? What's Sega I'm, makes Yakuza. Okay. So, yeah, so Sega owns Atlas. Sega, yeah. You know, exactly. Sega has Streets of Rage. They have Golden Axe. They have Alter Beast. They have. I mean, I can go on the list for at least five minutes, literally. Yeah, Shenmue, Panzer Dragoon. See, I guess for me, my problem was as I was a Nintendo person like throughout that entire existence of Sega and I finally invested in Sega on the Dreamcast and we all saw how that turned out. Well, they were dead in the water. They were going under before they even came out with the Dreamcast. Saturn put them in a bad spot. They came in first six months before Sony did, but they came out at a higher price point. And at that point, uh, you know, they were dead in the water, but Sega was always innovative. They came out with the first online play. You know, if you remember, I remember the Saturn having, you know, dial up modem. You can use the internet on the Saturn. That's never been done before. Oh, um, wow. I thought that, I thought the Xbox one and PS2. Era no, was, no, no. It was, wow. a dream, it was a Dreamcast. No, Sega was, Saturn uh, was the first Sega, system to yeah. ever have an internet, uh, you know, you connected to the internet. <laughs> in the u.s i think in the u.s i think but, i think it, as far as i think when you think of that nintendo yeah it's actually the first but they, they did that in japan if I'm not but, mistaken. but the thing that happened with sega was they made so much hardware that that couldn't keep them afloat you know the software was coming out and it sold well but they made so much hardware where they got so top heavy and you know all the stuff that they did make made it made them go under you know the 32x the, these the uh, you know Sega CD that came out, uh, you know stuff like that, and they invested a lot of money into uh, you know innovating their products like the Dreamcast, which came with the 56k modem, where you can hook it up to the internet. Same thing with the with the um, with the Sega Saturn. You know it was hard to develop for. It has like seven cores. You know, and it was easier to develop for PlayStation. They just made it the same price and easy to develop for. Sony wouldn't be a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, guys, during the show, they talked about going out and getting a whole bunch of third-party games moving forward, not just focusing on their internal studios, but also, you know, acquiring some, you know, making some deals. And it looks like they also secured uh, Don't Nod's next entry in the Life is Strange universe. I think it's called Tell Me Why. And it comes out next summer. What do you think of this game? Like, was it is it smart for them to partner up, uh, get Xbox Game Studios uh, to invest in this game? Yeah, I think it's very smart. 
almost. <laughs> I guess. No, I think it's smart. Even though uh, Life is Strange True was kind of uh, a letdown from. I mean, I haven't played it myself, but everybody else said it didn't. It didn't have the the same like shock factor as the first one. But that doesn't mm-hmm. mean this game can't be just as good. So I think, yeah, I, I think it was, it was a good idea. You see, I just don't know because, like, to me, I just, I always see the same game. Like, I played, like, the first Life is Strange a little bit, the second one a little bit. And the engine just, to me, just feels kind of dated. It kind of looks samey all the well, time. It, it, it's like a Telltale engine, you know? It, it, you look, you think it's a, a point and click game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that—that's a fair assessment. But, just, but th- th- that's what it is. They're—they're they're story-driven games. They're not action, you know, where you're you're using your thumbsticks constantly. You know what I mean? They're—they're—they're they're, they're story-based games. Gets you into it. It's like reading a book, but you're playing it. Yeah, I—I th- I mean, I think it's great that they got though that type of game, especially from that. You know, don't nod. Uh, they're great. They have great developers, great storytellers. Um, you know. They push does out. Everybody know the twist in it. Yes, <laughs> well, I know. We the don't twist. know the twist. In it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's not the twist, but I wonder if what's. I wonder if people really know about that because I don't really talk see that talked about much on Twitter, and I feel like once it's well known, it's gonna. Mm-hmm. Right. Know, or speak I, on it. Speak it, on it. No, well, it's gonna be. It's gonna rub some people the... like I could just see some prominent like YouTubers like out there that are all super masculine can't the <laughs> the subject matter in it is uh let's just say it deals with a set of twins and one are we not allowed to say it <laughs> yeah i know we're all transgender you know i just i don't want to like twisting in case you know, know you, like you don't want to spoil a five-year-old game did they just announce <laughs> Well, they, I didn't hear them announce that part, so I don't even know where where that information came from. I okay, what game are we talking trailer. about? Or maybe I'm just wrong, then. We're talking about the one uh, at, at, at XL, right? The one at XL, yeah. I don't know. I thought the, they got... One of the twins is supposedly... So I think. So don't yeah. nod always... I mean, it's no secret. They've always pushed the envelope as far as... Uh, you know, controversy in, in their games. You know, if you don't remember the first, uh, you know, Life is Strange, you know, there were some touchy subjects as far as teenagers go. There was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there was uh, suicide and, and, and rape and all this other stuff in those things. And it's never been, to my knowledge, it's never been done on that kind of storytelling level as, as far as entertainment goes. So it pushed mm-hmm. the envelope. And if you look at each of their games, they've always pushed the envelope as far as story t- storytelling goes. That's why they're really popular, and that's why people play those types of games. Um, and if, if there's any game that can make a grown man cry, then you know damn well there's some good storytellers. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I and I, and I heard a few people. I was going to say, I did see a meme where someone was like, Sony, oh, Ellie you know, might be gay or whatever. And then it said, Microsoft, hold my beer. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, oh, I no, think I they're really talented. I think uh, it's possible Xbox could buy them. I think, you know, they'd be in a good spot to buy that. And, and why not add that to their uh, 
collection of games now. Um, you know, they need those types of storytellers. The, the writers that don't nod are very, are very well known now, especially in the industry. And um, yeah, I think they'll go a long way. Definitely perfect for uh, xCloud. <laughs> Excuse me. I think oh, that'll yeah. be uh, yeah, great. Yeah, well, actually, speaking of xCloud, uh, 50 games or over 50 games got announced for... Uh, that's a big jump from the previous <laughs> five, guys. For free. Yeah, for free, too. That's pretty impressive. I haven't had a chance to look at the games list, but uh, 50 games added, that's uh, quite the bonus. Uh, what else? Actually, there was all kinds of xCloud information that came out uh, about that. I know that they were going to be expanding the uh, the testing to Canada finally, which I am very excited about. They should, Canada should have been in there in the first place, in my opinion. And where else? England. And I think there was a... No, sorry, not England. India. And I forget... Oh, and Japan. Japan was the other one. Um... But yeah, no, just all kinds of X Cloud information going on. Uh, what? Oh, and apparently uh, there's going to be more controller support coming to the X Cloud, including Sony's DualShock 4 controller. I don't know if you heard during the live stream there was a few boos in the background. Dude, I was shocked when they put that out there. Oh yeah, the the DS4 is going to work on X Cloud. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, somebody right now is probably tripping. Yeah, that was that was totally surprising. I mean, you know, it, it's cool. It's just I was like, oh wow, wow, they're really embracing uh, this gaming everywhere notion. Yeah, they're basically selling Sony controllers now, so that's disappointing. I feel bad for that lady. Yeah. She was stuttering next to Kareem. He did such a good oh, job. Yeah. He's a professional, and she was like, oh, uh, oh, oh, you know. And no, I was like, the, oh, I, think, I, think I think the, the teleprompter went out on that. Teleprompter went out. Yeah, there was a few moments there. Is I that think. why the questions were asked out of order? Yeah, pretty much. Because I was like, I was the listening. presenter went to the other guy too early. I was listening to it at work. I didn't have any video. So I was just sitting there listening to it at work. And then all of a sudden I heard him correct him like, oh, she actually wasn't done yet. I was like, what right. the hell is going on over there? <laughs> yeah, it was a little cringeworthy uh, moment at that point, but it was it was fine. I don't think it was that bad. It wasn't bad. They, they, they rebounded fine. It wasn't that yeah. bad. I actually honestly thought it was planned because you know we we see how you know they try to you know put humor into um inside Xbox and stuff like that. Keep in mind, I was just listening to the audio. Yeah, a lot, so, a lot of it's cringeworthy. I know. So uh, for for a second, I was just like, well, maybe they scripted it like that. I don't know. Yeah, boy, no, I, put a nail in the coffin for Stadia. Oh, boy, man. did it! Boy, did it, dude! Oh, with dude the a dead body game. over the finish line. Oh, Stadia, that oh, that's just got that's rough. Did you see the launch lineup for it? Oh, it is rough, and you have to pay for it. Like it's free right now in the preview with fifty games with that are newer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it. Stadia, oh, it's not looking too good right now. They're even behind with a lot of things. You're supposed to get these friend codes or whatever, but they're getting delayed by a few weeks, so you won't be able to give them to your friends. I just so like, the problem with Stadia is there's there's no appeal right now. So there's no appeal as far as like the content that they have because you can you can play every game that they have pretty much on every system. So 
I mean, what's the appeal behind it? I mean, there's no fact- appeal. They didn't even have an infrastructure. I read exactly. that article Southbound put out in the uh, chat, and you can't even. They don't even have a storefront to buy games. You got to use your phone. Yeah, that completely oh, yeah. blew my mind. In you know, and, and just from reading the article, you could just tell the way they were. I talking. just want to know what fucking guy was so high said. You know what? It's gonna have to just order these. <laughs> games on your phone and then <laughs> go to your your TV. Yeah, man, that's gonna work. That's that, that's how I see whatever it. they were smoking because the, for some reason they wanted to be first on the scene with game streaming as an actual viable product. We all know X Cloud came out first, but it's in game preview. It's in preview, so it's not an actual you know accessible product to the consumer right now. Google wanted them to be wanted themselves to be the first one on the market with a game streaming platform, but to do that, you completely rushed out a lifeless product. Well, and I'm sorry, Project X Cloud just took all the wind out of their sails. Absolutely, but even Sony too. Sony's gotten better at doing things too. So it's you know, there's a couple of players in this. Obviously, Project X Cloud is knocking everybody out of the water, but Stadia, Stadia's—they're not getting anything right. They don't even well, have an exclusive. So, okay, Sony has the money to recover. Okay, I mean, I'm sorry, Google has the money to recover. And you look—if you look at the industry as a whole throughout history, you know, you've had airs coming from Atari that went under. You know, they took them a few systems, but they went under. Uh, Sega's made their their you know their issues. Um, Sony's made their own issues with the PS3. If you guys remember the PS3 launch, it was a disaster. And and yeah, they, remember, they, remember uh, the 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 disc trays wouldn't open up. No yeah. oh, man. Uh, you know, and Microsoft survived the Red Ring of Death, which invested a, a billion dollars into, uh, you know, re- recovering from that. And who can recover from that? So I think Google's fine from that from a business standpoint, but they need to recover quick. They need to invest into, you know, what what Centurion was saying, some sort of infrastructure to where it's accessible to people and they're not tooling the thumbs trying to figure out. They're not doing themselves any favors. You get one time, you get one shot to make a first impression and it looks like they're looking like trash. But what I'm saying is they have the money to recover it's not like they're dead out of the game. Yeah, but but if come you, on, hey, if hey, you already Gary. have a PlayStation Four, like you said, there's no appeal. If you already got a PS Four or in, in the Switch or Xbox, what's going to pull you over to that? Well, they don't I mean, even. Have, and, originally, and, and, I thought and, and, it was and, a threat because I thought. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 because we all know Google's past. They give up on programs very easily, and they just say, "Ah, oh, whatever." They throw it to oh, the wayside. Totally, they're totally not. They're not going to dump too much money in that shit. But they definitely got enough money to uh, stretch it out a little while just to see if they can recover. Um, Did Microsoft but, secure EA as like an exclusive? No, they're just as a part no. But do you, gonna hey, did you see how happy X-Cloud. that guy was? Do you see how happy he was on stage talking about Pro- X Cloud? But that dude yeah. took his happy pills, man, because he was all smiles. I was like, I want what he's going on. Now, what Downer was saying on infrastructure, and he agreed with me in a previous show, is I can see uh, Google getting uh, desperate, and I've said it before, stripping the active game streaming from the PS4 and other services and making it to where that's an exclusive feature of Stadia that you can stream directly to YouTube through Stadia. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, that... 
would be an interesting selling point uh, exclusive to them, but uh, well, now, they it, say there's a button on the controller specifically for that purpose. Yeah. 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 Now I think it won't affect Mike. It won't affect Microsoft or Xbox. I think they're in a good spot, and the reason why I think they're in a good spot is because for you know for Project X Cloud, every game that you own, whether it's a, a console whether it's a PC and whether it's your cellular phone, um, you know, the, the content that you buy on Xbox that you own, you can play it anywhere. So that they have a, a leg up on every other system as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. No, it's very true. It's just, they, they also need some exclusive software to be, yeah. they, they're selling like they have available like four or five year old games and maybe I think they have one indie game that's technically exclusive. I don't know if it's like a, an exclusive exclusive or like a time, but they don't really have an exclusive software, something really new to get people driving to this and console. I, and I think that was the most disappointing about XO19 where they didn't have they didn't come out with or they didn't show a game that made an impact that made you say hey I want to buy an Xbox system I want to uh, invest in Xcloud or I want to invest into um, you know game Pass. and they didn't have they didn't show that and that's what I was disappointed by well, well what do you they just show all the games that are in game pass and coming to game pass what do you mean all the final like fantasies that? all the uh, yakuza yakuza I'm talking about yeah. new work new content mm. not old shit now, yeah, well, there's a lot of people that want that old shit, Jeremy. There's a lot of people out there that want that old shit, including me. Well, so. just to put it out there, they already said that xCloud is not going to be a viable consumer product until probably around E3 next year. And there is no point in trying to beat the drum of, hey, buy an Xbox, buy an Xbox One, buy an Xbox One, because anybody who has wanted an Xbox One is going to have their last shot at probably getting one this holiday season. And from there, it's all going to be this giant wait for uh, Project Scarlet. And so I'm pretty sure they've got some really good ammunition saved up for both xCloud and Project Scarlet to basically get both these platforms off the ground holiday season next year. Turion, I that that sounds all fine and dandy, but when we we've been hearing the same thing, for five years. Oh, yeah, no, they've dropped the ball this generation, but that's where, as a business person, you got to remember, like, you got to remember, know where to cut your losses. And yeah, PlayStation killed it this generation. So, therefore, why keep fighting the battle of, you know, literally two to one when it comes to PlayStation? No, they, they relinquished that a long time ago. They, they knew that they could not catch up and they say, yeah. you know what? We're, we're not even going to try. And you know what? And they, they, they stayed in their own lane. Exactly. They, 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 they stayed in their own lane, year. and they did what they wanted. Hey, Matt, Xbox is making a billion dollars. You know what I mean? Like, they're they're making money on money on money. So you really think they're – I mean, of course they want to be the, the the market share leader, but they're making buku bucks. So do you really think they care? At the they're end making of the, day? the same kind of profit Sony is with half the console base. Right, actually, that, the, you more, know the path of least resistance. Profit. They're actually more profitable, actually. Who, I think they had a pretty Xbox? good show. Xbox. Xbox oh yeah, that, of course yeah. you're more profitable because you're literally making the same amount of money as the other guys with half the consoles in the wild, 
And it's like that whole thing, work smarter, not harder. And they're following the path of least resistance. And it's funny that South brings up that, uh, you know, they let that go a long time ago. I remember sitting down in Los Angeles with Tim and Aaron. And Aaron said plainly, you know, that's it's they're done. You know, they're not competing with Sony. They're doing something else. And this was two years ago. So, you know, it's funny that Sal brought that up. Yeah, we we knew it. You know what I mean? But, and, but it, it doesn't matter to me because I get all the games I want. I don't I'm not I don't need a PlayStation just for three games. I'm sorry. That's just not my stilo. It's not worth it for me. They can have their Spider-Man and Death Stranding and God of War and all that. That's that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, to bring up all these others, it's like, ah, oh, Xbox don't have this game. I'm like, it ain't phasing me one bit because my backlog is stupid sick right now. Like, I don't have enough time to finish a quarter of the games I got. So, yeah, I know. you know what? I'm I'm completely happy with my Xbox, and I'll always be happy with my Xbox. And then, and then it just goes to, you know, like like having Carl on. Mm-hmm. I was able to text him up. He literally got off the plane yesterday, jet lagged, you know, on European time, and you know was gracious enough to come on and you know talk to us. Like, where's anybody doing that at Sony? That'll Absolutely. never happen, never. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys. I I did really enjoy the show. Um, I kept my expectations pretty low, and I don't know. I saw some really good <laughs> stuff there, whether it be a couple of exclusives, <clears throat> indies, even some stuff we don't already. Don't say knew. that word. Don't say that word, Invader. Exclusives. Don't say it. Oh come on! <laughs> oh my gosh! That's console exclusive. That's not even going to be on PC. Well, some of them, some of them are going to be on, I, on PC. Like I was actually really hyped to see Flight Simulator again. It looks gorgeous, and you know what? I'm gonna bring it up. Age of Empires Four. I think it looks great. I, oh, I really that looks awesome. Out. That looked awesome. Yeah. Age of Empires. I had a chance to play that at D3. Well, not four, but uh, the definitive edition on stage uh, this year, and that was fun. A lot more fun than I ever than I thought it was going to be. And that's mm-hmm. coming to Game Pass. So hell, it was. It's a lot of things that were great about XL, man. And let's not forget that um, Kingdom Hearts. You know, no one's mentioned that yet. That's coming to Xbox. Oh, there he goes again. Oh, Listen, a lot of those say a lot of people, a lot of people wanted that on Xbox. It was one of those things no, where they said, Oh, there's no diversity. There's no we don't have the Japanese games. There's no diversity coming. They're, they're working, they're trying hard, and you see it right here. They're doing it. They're it's it's it, the stuff. Jer- Jeremy's Jeremy's argument the too late, too little, too late. Yeah. I'm saying is, you know, there's a lot of people like myself. I've never played those games. I've Mm -hmm. never played those games. And now that they are on Xbox, I might give them a try. So, middle finger to you, Jeremy. And on Game Pass. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think the Yakuza one's big because now maybe Sony's probably not going to get those exclusive to them going forward. Yeah, you know what's mm-hmm. funny is I'm just giving you guys a hard time. I I, I, I actually know, we know I actually appreciate the fact that those Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts games are coming on. Uh, you know, would I rather see something different? Yeah, but I mean, shit, it's pretty big news that those games are going to be on, mm-hmm. including the Yakuza, the Yakuza titles. Now, I'm glad you brought up Final Fantasy. They're putting all these Final Fantasy games, Square Enix games, on Game Pass. They have obviously got a good relationship going on with Square Enix. 
is this by chance a precursor, a secret message to let the fans know that Final Fantasy VII Remake is not going to be a PS4 exclusive? No, it was never going to be exclusive. That, that was debunked a long time ago. Well, they originally said it, but then obviously somebody in the uh, PlayStation uh, legal department brought that contract out mm-hmm. and was like, yeah, here's your gag order. You're not allowed to talk about it. Just kind of like what we did with Destiny and Destiny Cologne. You know, I, I just really do see um, like this being Xbox's way of secretly letting people know that it's not going to be locked down to PS4. At most, it's going to be a timed exclusive. Yeah. Yep, that and Shenmue 3, which is coming out, I think, next week or two, the next couple of days, Shenmue 3 is coming out, and I think that's also oh, going to be a timed exclusive. So. Xbox, yeah. I gotta get a... Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotta get that game. Now, as I'd highlighted... Final Fantasy 14 coming. Earlier, they're working on it. It's coming. Yep. They're, they listed off a bunch of indies games. There's a whole bunch of indie reveals. As Shock said earlier, West of Dead was announced. It's actually narrated by Ron Perlman, and it looked pretty cool. Yeah, that game looks great. It looks like a, uh, a strategic third-person shooting game. I'm mean, not third-person. Overhead. Uh, Overhead. Yeah, Overhead. Something like that. But it looked great. Yeah. What's the one I saw with the guns? It's this guy. It's like kind of, it reminds me of the Matrix. He's got like you know he's wielding two guns at the same time and he's like hanging upside down. What is that called? Did you guys see that at XO? No. Um, Spanish name. I think it was a Spanish yeah, name. Oh, my friend Pedro. That looks good. Oh yeah, I've never seen that before. Good. That looks good to me. I have, I have, I have, oh. That's a great game on the Switch. Yeah, it was on the Switch. That's right. But they had all kinds of indie games too. Uh, Skatebird, Skatebird, that looks good. Yeah. Uh, what mm-hmm. else? Uh, Planet Coaster was announced, making its way onto Xbox. Uh, the yeah, article cool. Escape had uh, a new trailer. They showed that off, I think, at E3 a couple of years ago. Then it went silent. Uh, a couple of other PC games making their way on uh, survival game Rust going to Xbox. And you know, I didn't think this was as big of a deal, but they kind of had a big ish section for it that cart rider game uh cart rider drift i don't know they're kind of making a big deal about it free to uh, play yeah the free to play game play, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're hyping it up you know trying to be like a mario kart killer i i eh, pass yeah it's i just cool. you gotta try cool. it we, we got we, it's a game we all can play together i think we gotta try that definitely well uh oh we gotta play some risk of risk of rain too yeah, oh, right. let me see you on that. Oh my god, <laughs> that game is insanely addictive. Insanely addictive. I'd play that for two minutes and fall asleep. No, the concept of it is. Can I talk about Invader? Can I speak about it real quick? Cool. I will. I will give you some minutes. Yes, go ahead. Seconds. Give me thirty Second. seconds. Okay. But the game is That's so I'm counting, counting right now. Yeah, literally, you go into the level and you have to. You have to um, activate a portal, and that's the only thing you do. That's the only thing you do to get past the level. So, and it and it spawns a boss, so you fight the boss. But um, you go into the game, you farm enemies to get gold to open up different loot, and you get. <laughs> and loot, you get, get okay, 
<laughs> risk of rain to me is like bring your umbrella before you leave the house. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it looks cloudy. <laughs> but no, I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, I, I respect you, um, Jeremy. I didn't mean it. I'm just joking. But I, I'll try it, bro. I'll try it. But you I'll, talked about it so much in the, the chat game. and everything. I want to try it. I'm not spending thirty dollars on this crap. Oh, you have to. It's not. Oh, you have to pay for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was free. I thought it was a yeah, game pass. Put the price in the chat. I was like, "Oh, oh that's I a just, big no." I just spent my money, all that extra cash I had on uh, uh, Jedi Andy? Fallen. No, Jedi Fallen. So, uh, Fallen Order, whatever it's called. I just got that game. Hey, so, hey, remember we you remember we were talking, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I like to have this and that." Hey, I literally popped on my Xbox, and it was like, "Bling!" Your game mm-hmm. is ready to play, and I, I just looked around like. Who in the fuck? Hey, I don't. I, I didn't buy the game. I don't know how it, it but I got it. I, it's like a miracle. Mm. <laughs> awesome. How you? How is it so far? It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Oh, nice. dude, that game is. Don't go into it thinking about being at Force Unleashed. No, like there's you, a lot of exploration. A lot of exploration. A, not only that, but there's strategy to fighting. You just don't walk in and start like throwing it's down not a lightsaber it's not and button masher. Definitely no, it's like, like you got yeah, Great. you gotta you gotta block, you gotta parry, you gotta dodge, you gotta know when to go in for a strike. Um, and there's and some it, crazy animal things that'll just fuck you up. Oh, dude, I'm getting clipped no, left and right in video, that game. Dude, you suck at games, bro. You suck at video games. <laughs> how can you? How can you call yourself a gamer, dude? Damn. I was watching your video. I was like, think play games i'm like you suck <laughs> who sucks what are you talking about me <laughs> tell him how you really you feel dirty. jeremy dirty. eat a dick <laughs> nah, I, I, get, I get clipped really quickly in that game i've gotten beat down no, by I animals I've had jeremy. dudes rush up on me and just totally beat me down with batons Hey Jeremy, the thing is, I'm playing on the hardest difficulty, so two oh, hits, I'm dead. Man. Oh man! Shut I'm up! Pl- oh, here we go. Excuses now. No, I'm playing no, on normal. I'm playing on normal, and that game is insane. Like, I'll get my wife over here to say, like, I've said it multiple times. This game was way more difficult than I thought it would be, and I'm playing uh-huh. on normal. Uh, I'm totally, dying a lot. I totally wish Xbox bought Respawn, like from Titanfall they had the to. Opportunity. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just like the geeky nerd said, you know, Titanfall one and two, Apex, now Jedi Fallen Order, all this and gen. That was when they were buying all the studios, that was when they were still up for grabs. No, EA bought them a long time ago. No, no, they just bought them. No, they just bought them last year. No, well, they've they've had shares in them for a long time. They've had fifty, but like fifty one percent shares. They just probably paid bought the rest with the kibosh and everything. <clears throat> yeah, 51%. no, they, they, they were never up for sale. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, well, that was one of the things that drove me to the Xbox was Titanfall. So, you know, just one of those things. But Jedi Fallen Order looks amazing. Like, everybody's posting about it. I, I really want to get it. Uh, I do have a backlog going on, but it's just so tempting. Like, it, it looks so good to play. Hey, it's a backlog killer because you get drained. Just like Jeremy sucked in that stupid $2 game. 
The Jedi <laughs> Fallen. <laughs> it would be fine if you played Sekiro. <laughs> hey, Jedi Fallen, have you sprung? I'm telling you. Hey, no, ser- seriously, Jedi Order is amazing. I played it for 10 minutes. I was hooked. Mm. Uh, and then went back and fucking dust playing some fucking well, dots. I'm telling you, I, I don't have everything hooked up yet, so I just have it on the regular TV downstairs. Oh, playing on the S, so I'm waiting for everything to come in, and so I can hook it up in my man cave on the X. And then now we're talking. Now I'm gonna play some gears and 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 you know the Star Wars game. Whenever I see right. somebody playing it, I just see a Joker with a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, too good. Well, all right, guys. I think that about does it for this installment of TXR. And yeah, oh, I think now, it was we're, really... now we're in installments. Okay, whatever. Well, what would you like <laughs> me to say, Mr. Downer? What would you like me to say? Please take over. Well, you, know, you know, his OCD kicks in. It's like it should be episode, and the header should be bigger. And you can say Xbox, Xbox News, and Watch. call Ledbetter. Watch, I'm going to be bragging about that shit when when we hit uh you know 500 views or something. Five hundred. We shall see <laughs> the analytics, my friend. But overall, guys, great show. Uh, shout to Carl Ledbetter for coming out, partner director of design at Microsoft. It was fantastic having you on, Carl, and we would love to have you on again at some point. And of course, a massive shout out to everyone that joined us tonight. We got Dreadpool, BZ McNasty. Uh, X Initiative, Brian Wood, I know Saltiest Gaming joined us. Yeah. Went away Dragons. <clears throat> yeah, went away Dragon. Oh, my man, Lemon came in here? Yeah. Mike from, yeah, Mike from MLG Gaming, uh, Jago Kukin, Stagger uh, Lee. We had so many people join us tonight. Thank you guys for coming to watch us. We appreciate you guys. Dreadpool. Yeah. Definitely. And hey, guys, if you happen to enjoy the show, then definitely leave a like, share this out to the world, and drop a comment down below. Also, don't forget to check us out on various podcasting platforms. Links down below. All right, fellas. Shock, my static buddy. Where can everybody follow you at? Shock? Thank you, Shock. Shock is... Uh, oh, my is, he, is, he in the, is he in the green room? Speechless. No, my bad. I- didn't see it with me today. Uh, at Shock Nero, you can find me on Twitter, Easy Xbox Live PSN. But yeah, thanks for coming in, stopping by. Of course, you're so you're so polite. Mm-hmm. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Rogers of podcasting. <laughs> Mr. Rogers, <laughs> yeah, he's a polite fellow. That Shock Megatron. Uh, you know, we had a pretty great Jeremy's off to the grouch. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy! Okay, Big Bird. Uh, yeah. Where can that follow at Megatron? Oh man, uh, just I don't know. Hit me up on Xbox. I'm looking for some uh, some shipmates on Sea of Thieves, man. I want to make Pirate oh, Legend. This this, I want to make Pirate Legend. So listen, feel free to hit me up on Xbox uh, Saturday nights, Friday nights. I need to play some Sea of Thieves because one of the best wait, wait, IPs wait, wait. this gen to come out. That's a- that's a lie so, because you just bought your your PlayStation Death Stranding fucking limited edition. Bundle. I don't have a PlayStation. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a PS4 though, so I'm gonna try to maybe catch a sale on uh, Black Friday and either get a Slim or a Pro or whatever, and uh, and uh, it'll be my first uh, first uh, game for a PlayStation this gen. So it's gonna be Death Stranding. 
And uh, we'll see. Then you're going to play for 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. So, but uh, yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter, you know, add me, message me, man. My, my, uh, my DMS are open and I'm looking for people to uh, play some uh, sea of thieves, man. I want to make pirate legend this year. including My my awesome panel. Thanks for Carl. Awesome. Having Carl on, uh, as well, thanks again to him for coming last minute. You know, I know he's doing a lot of traveling and stuff. And plus, I was quiet because my house was like crazy because I have kids everywhere. And um, you did, you did fine, talk. brother. Yeah. So, but apologies for that. But as always, man, it was a great show, and I love. Uh, thanks for everybody for coming through. And yeah, hit me up on Twitter, Megatron underscore one nine seven five. Yep, deuces. Fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> All right, Centurion, excellent comments, uh, you know, during our interview with Carl and just throughout the show. Where can everybody follow you at, my friend? Well, thank you once again, gentlemen, for letting me be part of this whole experience. It has been awesome to meet David Preen, the gentleman tonight. I mean, it's getting amazing just being here. Sorry if I was talkative. I had a little bit too much coffee. (laughs) I wanted to be That's what it's for. It's a podcast. Come on. Actually, you weren't. You weren't talkative. You weren't that talkative. Nah, you know what? You you asked some good questions. Uh, You're on point. Good kudos. Again, I love being here every Sunday with you guys on TXR. I look forward to it. I've been looking forward to it all day. Um, I even forgot that daylight savings time. About the other podcast you're you're on too. What about the other podcast? (laughs) Never mind. I said (laughs) you probably. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm grateful for every podcast that I'm on because, you know, I this community is amazing and to be part of it is absolutely awesome. So if, you know, you guys want to find me in the community, you can always find me on Xbox Live, Twitter, and YouTube at Centurion1307. I kick it here with you guys on Sundays on TXR. I'm also on Saltiest Gaming Podcast with the Saltiest Gamer on Thursdays. And I'm also on the shop podcast with PTK Blam, Stagorilla, and Fuzzy Belvedere. Nice. PTK Blam. Shout out to him. That's oh. my boy. See, he actually has the honor of giving me my first ever podcast chance. Nice. He, yeah, he, he's a good dude. Oh, yeah. Fantastic dude. Shop podcast is a pretty great place to listen to I, gaming. I, yeah, I've been on there. Yeah. and I, I was a little bit of podcast horror for a minute. <laughs> I call it the uh, the community bicycle, but you know. Centurion, see if you could find my episode with me on there. I'll ha- I'll have to ask him which one it is. I'm pretty sure he yeah. stores them all. But yeah, I did the shop podcast, and then Invader hit me up like a a week or two later, and I was like, oh my god, this guy actually wants me to podcast with him. <laughs> I mean, I was like, mm-hmm. I was like all swelled up with emotions. Like, I think I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I, I didn't know you felt that way <laughs> oh man like i said i was watching invaders content on you know how to stay strong on these youtube streets and you know how to make great content and then he just hits me up like hey you want to be on T- txr i was like oh my god invader hit me up nice yeah but he can't even get the fucking header right so. <laughs> <laughs> hey better hey i can do oh, a header man. right you can't even get the downer right Right. Hey, you know what? Wait until we got wait until we got all of a sudden like uh next year on the beginning of every podcast. This channel is meant for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Mm. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. 
All right. Now, Jeremy, I know you want to, you know, get back into your latest addiction, Risk of Rain 2. Uh, where can everyone follow you at? He wants to go look at some more barns being built in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> yes, you will find me. I'll be hiding under a rock. And a big rock, I might add. Don't follow me on Twitter. You don't want to hear my political bullshit. Don't fo- In fact, don't even... <laughs> Jeremy's building a fallout shelter for the... Uh, the <laughs> He's a goofy <laughs> prepper. That's why he moved away. <laughs> I don't want to say it, but he's building a fallout he's shelter. He's a fucking doomsday prepper. He knows Trump's going to hit the loop button. <laughs> Good oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, the tears rolled down my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish, uh, I'm I coming wish. out there. Be just just cut the show down. Just cut the show down. That house is on top of a Fallout show. I know it. I know there's some stairs. I wish hey, Tim was here. No joke, though. No joke. I have about three months worth of fucking emergency food. That's that's. I know you do. Hey, hey, every Trump supporter does. <laughs> uh, wow, we got real. Oh, right. man. All right. Well, that's Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Southbound. I, I love know you, Jeremy. Uh, uh, hold on. I need to. Uh, <clears throat> all right. All right. Southie, I you know can you're. Find uh, me. Yeah. You, you can find me on uh, Twitter. Twitter. Yes. <laughs> now, nah, hit, me, hit, me tw- <laughs> hit me up on the Twitter at Southbound110. Holler at your boy. You know, you know, shoot me a comment. Talk to me. You know, uh, what's up? Thanks for coming. Nice. Very professional. Very, very good. All right. And of course, I'm Invader. You guys can uh, <laughs> follow me at, on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986 <laughs> and on YouTube. I'm sorry. Invader Gaming. And now I'm going to kick Jeremy's ass. <laughs> Banish him to the penalty box. <laughs> put him in his shelter. The green room. I will put him in the green room right now. There we go. Bye, Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. It's been a great show. Uh, It was wonderful having Carl on. And, well, I'm not sure what's going to happen next week because it's the holiday weekend for you guys, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. You already had your Thanksgiving. That's next weekend. Yeah, next weekend. Yeah. No. Wait. No, right? this no uh, Thanksgiving is next. It's Thursday. the 28th. It's the 28th of uh, oh. yeah, we got plenty of time. We'll have All another right. show yeah, before. Last year was on the 22nd, now it's six Dude, I'll still be here the Thursday after Thanksgiving, man. You just have to probably deal with me. Like, I'm like, probably be crying. Like, I'm broke, I'm tired, <laughs> I've been mugged. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Well, I guess we'll be seeing you uh, next Sunday then. Same TXR time, same TXR channel. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for watching. It's been great. Ciao. Peace. Bye bye.